0: Alright, so my goal number one One what, what of my goals Three goals 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 extra bold It is a tall order That was me Last year and the year before Making New Year's resolutions What's that? How have I done with these, you ask? Not great One out of three in 2015 And the same thing in 2016 That's 33% Which, let's face it, isn't exactly a good report card I'm not the only one with this problem Goals are inherently hard, and life can take us in different directions that moves or distracts us from the finish line. Still, it's obvious that we all need help, so in today's episode, we bring on a guest who knows a thing or two about goals and motivation. Who knows, maybe this time next year, we'll be moving closer to a passing grade. Mountain Meister is supported by the American Alpine Club. Don't forget that the rewards of going up are always accompanied by the risks of a situation turning south. Members of the AAC are protected with up to $10,000 in rescue insurance. Join today at AmericanAlpineClub.org. Use the code MEISTER at checkout for a free AAC gift. Hello there. Welcome to Mountain Meister. It's the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. I'm your host, Ben Shank, And today on the show, we have a very special guest. From what I know, Hank Chen, do correct me if I'm wrong, you haven't established any first descents in the Himalayas or any ultramarathon speed records?
1: No, yeah, it could be my goal sometime soon.
0: <laughs> she does, however, hold a PhD from the University of Pennsylvania's Wharton School of Business, and she's an assistant professor of organizational behavior at Washington University in St. Louis's Olin School of Business. Hang Chen Dai is our guest today, and she's produced fascinating research on goals, motivation, and self regulation. Who better to have on Mountain Meister as we head into 2017. Hang Chen, welcome to the show. I'm excited for you to tell us all the magical recipe that will guarantee us success in 2017.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited as well. And I will try my best to motivate this group of people who seem to already be very motivated.
0: <laughs> very good. So I said goals, motivation, and self-regulation. Uh, tell us more. What What have you researched within those topics?
1: Yeah, so um, my research combines uh, psychology and behavioral economics. I am interested in using archival data and field experiments to understand What are the moments that people naturally pursue their goals? What are the strategies that can help people better reach their goals? And as researchers, how can we design interventions that can steer people in desirable directions? And we know that people realize they should engage in certain behaviors, such as exercising more, eating healthy food, spending more time with family, and going to bed early, but they constantly have self control problems. For example, they don't actually follow through and they don't actually take actions as they intend to, and they eat less healthy food than they. Mm -hmm. desire to, and they don't go to bed as early as they want. And for those behaviors that require willpower and require self-regulatory resources, I'm interested in understanding what are the factors that shift people one way or the other, and how can we design a choice environment that would make people more likely to choose what will benefit them in the long run.
0: So even though you are uh, researching all this, you aren't superhuman, right? You still uh, have trouble with uh, keeping to your goals, right?
1: Yeah, a lot,
0: okay. actually. <laughs> okay. Uh, let me explain to you and uh, so maybe some of our new listeners what we have done in the past. I'm just curious what your thoughts are on this. Um, so in the past two New Year's Goals episode, uh, we have decided to create goals of varying difficulty. So there are three of them. The first one is a, a baseline goal where you have to put in work to achieve it, but it's uh, definitely attainable. The next one is a 50-50 goal where it's going to require serious commitment, uh, but it is still possible to achieve. And then the third is uh, what Garrett Grobbins, the original guest, called a BHAG, Big Hairy Audacious Mm -hmm. Goal. And that's one where you just really can't envision yourself doing. Uh, It's it's something that you really want to do, but even if you do try your hardest, who knows uh, something out of your control may stop it. So what do you what do you think? Do you have any initial speculations on uh, this approach of tiered goals?
1: I really like it. Yeah, so I think based on both the research and my personal experience, I think having both stretch goals and smart goals, smart goals means specific, achievable and measurement goals, would indeed be helpful. The combination will be helpful and the stretch goals can inspire us to think about big pictures and uh, but it may be too scary to start if that is the only thing that we focus on. Like for me, if you ask me to think about running a marathon next year, to, to the example you give at the beginning, uh, I, I just don't think I will be able to do it with my current health condition uh, or how fit I am now. Uh, so I may never initiate my goal pursuit and also due to the challenging feature of those stretch goals, and the people who exclusively focus on them may find it too difficult to reach the goals, give up prematurely, and engage in what researchers call what-the-hell rationalizations, right? So I think it helps us to think about big pictures, but with the specific and more achievable goals, people will be willing to get started. If you tell me, maybe run 10K next year, that just sounds more achievable to me and I would be more encouraged to take concrete steps and make a concrete concrete plan. And I think once I make some progress, once I start to experience a sense of accomplishment and increased self-efficacy and increased goal commitment, I may be motivated to keep going. And in this case, I think there is also additional benefit of potentially uh, form a habit, right? So I may fall in love into this activity and actually form a habit of being more regularly uh, exercising. And eventually I may move towards the stretch goal of running half marathon and then maybe a... had yeah, for me it would be actually run a marathon. And, um, and another thing I find interesting about this approach is uh, my colleague in the marketing group at Olam Bisco, Steve Nowlis, he has a paper where he finds that it's easier for people to re engage a goal if they have set a high, low, rigid goal. Like, say, I would lose two to four pounds this week or this month, um, then when people have set a single number goal, such as losing three pounds this week. Hmm. And the idea is that if you give people a range goal, it has both a basic goal and a stretch goal as the range. uh, the um, The effect that I just described can happen because on one hand, people think it is more attainable if they focus on the low end, but they also feel like there is a greater challenge for them if they focus on the high end of the range goal. And as a result, they may anticipate great feelings of accomplishment and they would be more likely to re-engage in a goal that they may have early on failed. So I think even for so from the perspective of both um, getting started and not being discouraged, and even if you fail, when you're likely to come back and re-engage the goal, I think it could be helpful to have both specific and more typical goals and the big picture stretch goals.
0: I, I uh, love that. I love the range. I need to insert that into my goals this year. I'll have to figure out a way to uh, tweak them. That's I really nice. like that. Yeah, I really
1: like that research And, and, well.
0: and what you said there about uh, a, a goal leading to a passion or a, a bigger goal is exactly what happened to me this year, actually. I had a goal to uh, ride my bicycle to Walden Pond, which is close to Boston. And this really wasn't that much of a physically tasking effort, but I have since fallen in love with uh, road cycling, which I, I never knew would happen.
1: I'm glad to hear. Actually, to tell you a personal story, uh, Walden Pond was the first place that I drove to with the zip card. I just got to the U.S. for like a couple of months. I was so excited about it getting a driver's license, I drove to what Pond, and on GPS, it says it's supposed to take me 30 minutes to drive from MIT there. It actually took me 90 minutes, and after that, I had my goal of uh, improving my driving skills, so I would be able to follow <laughs> GPS and <I> get there <laughs> at, the, <laughs> at the required time. So I guess the Walton Pond could be a motivation in different ways for different people. But anyway, it's a side story. <laughs> just, just remind me of that.
0: That's great. Uh another another aspect of our goals episode uh has been we encourage people to to tell their goals to their friends, their family, mm-hmm. other people that they know, but I am I'm very curious about this because I've seen conflicting pieces of advice where uh one is that this is a good thing because it makes you feel like you have an obligation to achieve that goal, but then I've also heard that it's maybe not so good because You almost gain a feeling of accomplishment by telling somebody about that goal. So, do you have an opinion on this?
1: Yeah, that's a very interesting question. I think that could be something that researchers empirically test. So, based on my intuition, I would leaning towards the first um, the first direction. That is actually uh, speaking aloud your goals and indicate your uh, personal commitment by making it publicly. Uh, knowable to your friends or family could increase your uh, commitment and uh, I'm aware of the second that the research that indicates the second possibility that you just mentioned that is by telling others about your goal and by actually uh, sketching out the plan may make you feel like you have already made progress towards the goal and I think that could happen but um I do feel the personal accountability and the potential humiliation you would get from your family mm-hmm. member and friends for not reaching your goal uh, could be a more serious uh, could have a more serious implication for people uh, and if you want to make the first possibility happen and I would suggest to try out more uh, to indicate more serious consequences if you fail to achieve the goal you made a public commitment to for example your friends would make would post embarrassing pictures of yes. you on Facebook or you would put a money on the lines rather than just the telling your Friends and family value goal and actually put some uh, something you value on the line could make this uh, goal sticky and might actually overcome uh, the the, uh, the possibility that people just simply feel accomplished and they stop pursuing a goal. And I, I, I guess I'm just saying that, yes, I hear the potential downsides, but I also think there are ways uh, that can prevent that from happening because you will just be so motivated to uh, prevent yourself being embarrassed
0: some skin in the game right
1: exactly Mm -hmm. yes
0: okay so let's talk about the fresh start effect uh you did some research on how specific milestones or you call them temporal landmarks can impact goal making so first tell us what is a temporal landmark and then why you find this so interesting
1: yeah so temporal landmarks uh i'll give you some examples Temporal landmarks can be the beginning of the week, the month, the year, or the season. They can be the beginning of a semester for students or uh, right after holidays. And those moments tend to segment our continuous lifetime into distinct temporal periods. And they label the boundaries of different time periods. They help us structure our activities, memories, and experiences. And in my research, I've explored how those transition points in our personal lives, such as birthdays, wedding anniversaries, moving to a new city, as well as the transition points on calendars, such as the beginning of the week, the month, and the year, influence our goal pursuit. And I fall in love into this research question because partially because of my personal experiences. And I know that people talk a lot about New Year's resolutions, but my personal experiences are that I tend to make resolutions at various points in time, such as Chinese New Year, the beginning of semester and my wedding anniversary. So for me personally, those moments give me a sense of fresh start and motivate me to not only think about the big picture in my life, but also feel more confident in my ability to achieve those goals. So I wonder whether other people would share the same feelings. Our people would also make resolutions at those various points in time beyond just the new year. And if so, I think we would have a better understanding of the points in time that systematically make people more likely to start pursuing their goals. And for those people who fail to achieve their goals at New Year's, they should not just give up because there could be other moments in the year later that motivate them to start again and re-engage in the goal pursuit. And also, um, I think this is an important question because understanding this phenomenon may allow us, as researchers or policymakers, to design strategies that will help people to achieve their long-term interests. And in fact, when uh, my advisor, uh, Professor Katie Milkman at Wharton, attended a conference, she was asked um, when companies like Google should implement those Interventions that are aimed at increasing health habits among their employees. And then she came back from the conference and asked me whether I was aware of any literature on that topic. And I was like, not really. And so we started to think to think about this question, and we realized maybe a first step for us is to understand when people would naturally think about goals and start a goal pursuit. So I shared with her my more or less weird habits of making resolutions at all mm-hmm. of those points throughout the year. And then she definitely resonated with it. And I figure if a company like Google was interested in knowing how like to motivate people at different points in time, then that got to be an interesting question for not just the scholars, but also people uh, in, in industry. So that's how this whole research stream got started. And it has been a question that fascinated me uh, ever since.
0: So what's so interesting about this and uh, like why, why does it need to be a... A fresh start. Like why does the new year, the beginning of the week, that shouldn't dictate when uh, you create a new goal yet. That is how we operate. I'm wondering, since that's how we operate, does that in fact lead to higher achievement percentage of goals or is it just that we tend to create more goals at those times?
1: That's a great question. So, so far, my research has focused on the init- initiation of goal pursuit. So, it could be a goal that you already have, um, but at this Um, fresh start moments, you are more likely to take actions to actually engage in this goal pursuit. For example, in one of my studies, I look at commitment contracts people created on a goal-setting website, stick.com. And people can basically put the money on the line, as we just talk about, as a a method Methods to increase their likelihood of succeeding at their goals. And and those are uh, goals that people may already have and they may have problems with reaching their goals and they realize, okay, to more successfully reach their goal, they can take this action. So I measure when people are more likely to create a commitment contract as a way to measure how likely people engage in activities that will facilitate their goal pursuit. So I do find that people are more likely to create a commitment contract at those temple landmarks. Mm -hmm. What I would be interested in knowing more uh, with my current and future research is to your point, understand whether temple landmarks can actually lead to greater success. Because I could imagine that people are more optimistic about their ability to pursue their goals after temple landmarks and they may set more ambitious goals, which we know will end up uh, with more... Uh, with better performance because the ambitious goals may make people motivate them to exert more effort. But what I would indeed be a little bit more worried is some people may just be over-optimistic at New Year's. And as a result, they would have set more audacious goals than what they would have set Mm -hmm. if they just had an ordinary time over the course of the year. And then... They may be uh, discouraged if they soon realize it's not possible for them to lose 10 pounds in a week, for example, and then they may give up more uh, easily. So I can see uh, both possibilities for people who set more um, ambitious goals. They may be motivated, but if they set set too unrealistic goals, that could hurt them. So it would be very interesting to uh, examine whether starting goal pursuits right after temporal landmarks would lead to greater success than starting it at a more uh, random point in time uh, during the year. But I, I would I would say that initiating goal pursuit is the first step towards goal achievement. Um, Yes, maybe people fail at New Year's, but if there is not an alternative point in time for people to start, I would say, why not start at, um, at some point? Coming
0: up, we reveal our goals for the coming year and talk about some strategies to improve self-control. But first, a quick recap on what we've learned thus far. Research shows that it's easier to re engage a goal when the new one is a range goal. It's both attainable and challenging. Also, give yourself something to lose if you don't achieve your goal. Stick.com, S-T-I-C-K-K.com is a good resource for that. We'll have all the links on our website, MTNMeister.com. Also, on our website is a chance to win some free gear. Our semi-annual outdoor retailer gear giveaway episode is coming up soon. Last year, the average prize was worth over $150 and there were 35 winners. You can drastically increase your chances of winning gear by purchasing information about when this episode is released. For 4 bucks, you get the episode date. For $8 you get the episode date and a three-hour time window. And for a measly $12, you get the date and the exact time of the episode's release. And with all of them, you get a $5 discount on a Mountain Meister t-shirt. Head over to mtnmeistercom giveaway to buy more information. These prices will double on January 1st, so act now. Back to our interview with Heng Chen Dai. You may be saying to yourself, why does it matter if we know that this fresh start effect exists, if we still might give up on our goals anyway? Well, for some goals, all it takes is one moment of motivation to lock us into a longer term commitment. Here's Heng Chen.
1: With some of my current research, I also realize this effect can be particularly particularly effective for goals or for behaviors that require a one-shot increase in your motivation. For example, when we get people to sign up for a risk, when we get people to sign up for a recurrent donation program, or when we get people to sign up for a retirement savings plan, those um, activities only require Increase your motivation one time. It could be an increase in your motivation after your birthday, an increase in your motivation at the beginning of a new uh, year at a company when you start to think about a retirement plan. But once you engage in those behavior, just by sign up for the retirement savings plan, by sign up for the recurrent donation program, there would be long term consequences as well because people tend to stay in those programs for. A long time. So, I guess what I'm saying is, um, there is definitely more research to be done in terms of understanding whether tempo landmarks lead to greater goal achievements. Um, but I also think there uh, there are smart ways to leverage tempo landmarks and leverage the fact that a one shot increase in your motivation sometimes can also have long term consequences.
0: So, we've been motivated to start our goal to initiate the goal, but. Sticking to it requires a lot of self-control. So let's talk a little bit about self-control. I like Mm -hmm. how you use this uh, shoulds versus wants. And I'll just explain this briefly. A should is a decision that doesn't have that many immediate benefits, uh, but definitely a long-term benefit. (laughs) And then a want is something that does have the immediate benefit but maybe not a long-term benefit or even a long-term cost. So we can uh, put this in the context of healthy eating, right? You can decide whether you want a piece of chocolate cake as a snack or an apple as a snack. And one way to increase the likelihood of you picking the apple over the cake is to decrease your cognitive load.
1: Yes, that's definitely a very fascinating line of work. They talk about how when we are cognitively taxed and um, when we are um, exhausted and we may start to uh, relax our self-control efforts, we start to engage in more indulgence and immediately grat- gratifying options rather than thinking about our long-term um, interest And thinking about people who, uh, who have to work, if they just spend a long day at work, they're so exhausted by their work environment. If you ask them to choose between going to exercise and watching a TV, probably we wouldn't know what is going to happen for those people who are exhausted. Uh, Based on this line of research, we would know that the exhaustion may actually tempt them to sit on a couch and watch TV rather than being motivated to uh, go to exercise in the gym. Mm -hmm.
0: Another one uh, that can turn a want into a should, temptation bundling, which I think Mm -hmm. is just lovely. Tell us what temptation bundling is.
1: Yeah, so uh, temptation bundling, uh, this lab research is actually done by my uh, advisor and co author on um, the Fresh Star Effect, uh, Professor Katie Milkman. And what she finds is that um, people might be motivated to pursue a goal, such as exercising in a gym, if this goal pursued is also bundled with another activity that they would love to do. It's a one activity, but they always feel guilty. Uh, of doing, such as watching TV. And so she finds that if we restrict people's um, access to the indulging option, only if they actually uh, actually engage in the should activity, that is going to the gym, then people are more likely to go to the gym. So, for example, if you are thinking about training for a marathon and you also really enjoy uh, hanging out with a good friend. So maybe your uh, strategy would be I would only hang out and uh, drink with the friend if I uh, go to uh, my personal training session uh, three times in a week. And so, this in this way, you bundle the temptation with uh, the goal you would like to pursue. So you not only encourage yourself to exercise more, but also you would not feel like, oh, maybe I am uh, spending too much time with this friend, and instead I should spend time with my family. Maybe this is not necessarily a good example that say something about my personal trade-off in terms of how I spend time. <laughs> uh, but the basic idea is, uh, you can um, bundle uh, immediate rewards uh, with. Um, a, a should behavior that would reduce your guilt of engaging the immediate, immediately grati- gratifying, uh, activity, but also increase the likelihood of actually, uh, doing the should activities.
0: And, and, uh, we have talked about social support at the beginning of the interview, making your goals known. We think that that, uh, may result in a more effective new year's resolution. Also making a specific plan, correct?
1: Yes, I would say so. Mm. Um, but uh, actually, there's some recent research to show that um, you should make a specific plan, but not make a backup plan. But if you, uh, because if you make a backup plan, uh, you may feel that you can fall on your backup plan and won't necessarily uh, be successful at your primary plan.
0: Very interesting. Okay, no plan Bs in our goals this year.
1: Exactly.
0: And then also we've talked about putting something you value on the line uh heng chen i was wondering if i was to maybe create a business plan for our new year's episode maybe i would tell the listeners of this podcast that they have to give me 100 dollars when they make their goals and then if they uh, achieve those goals after uh th- after 2017 is over then i would give them their 100 dollars back
1: i would love that idea and well i don't mean to put you out of the business but if they hurt if they read my paper and a little about stick.com, they may actually go with stick.com directly. So I'm sorry, that no. might be a competitor Stick, <laughs> in this market.
0: Stick.com, uh, the money typically goes to charity, correct?
1: Um, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people choose to go give it to charity, but also you can choose to give money to friends or someone you hate mm-hmm. or an organization you hate. And maybe those would work particularly well.
0: Right, right. Uh, and also from what we know about overconfidence, I'd imagine I would make a lot of money with my business.
1: That's true. That's true. You could definitely use a different business plan from stick.com, but the underlying uh, assumption or psychological insights will be the same. We want to help people to put something they value on the line and we know that uh, people tend to be more optimistic when they make their plan. So if they set up a more confident plan and goals, they may be motivated now with some money on the line.
0: Chen, do you have any goals for 2017 yet?
1: Yeah, I definitely have. As someone who study go, how can I not have a... Uh Goals. Um, I don't want to bore you and the audience with the number of papers I strive to <laughs> to write on the projects I would like to move forward. Um, I do think my overarching personal goal would be to take much better care of myself in the coming year. I know I study um, healthy habits, so I should definitely walk and walk and talk and talk. And uh, I want to connect back with um, the tier goal you mentioned at the beginning. Mm-hmm. So I would say. My base goal is to sleep by 1 a.m. every night and the 50-50 goal would be to sleep by 12 p.m. And sorry, I think I mean to say 12 a.m. Yes. And my, uh, my uh, behind goal would be to sleep by 11 p.m. And I think this is going to make my mom really happy.
0: I, I, do you keep the same wake-up time with all of those goals?
1: Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I think actually my implicit assumption is I'm going to uh, also move up while I'm getting up. But now after putting it this way, I'm a little bit worried that I'm going to <laughs> keep the same wake up time and just indulge myself. Right. I will try. I will try to just go to bed early and also wake up early.
0: <laughs> Very good. Uh, my goals for this year, I uh, my baseline goal is to do one big bicycle project. I think. It's going to be to ride my bike from Boston to the tip of Cape Cod, uh, Provincetown. And we'll see. I I would definitely want to do that with somebody else. Uh, But that's goal number one. Uh Uh, Goal number two is, I told you this before the show, put together my graduate school application. uh, And Mm -hmm. I'm so excited to start off the new year by talking to you. Mm -hmm. And then my third goal Uh, Is the same as my third goal last year, and that's to qualify for the Boston Marathon. I failed miserably at the Uh Sugarloaf Marathon. Uh, I was more than, I was about 10 minutes away from uh, achieving that goal, which is pretty substantial. But it was pouring rain, and I'm going to come back hard. It's a fresh start this year.
1: That's great. And my research has shown that fresh starts work particularly well for people who have not performed well on a specific domain and when they would like to re-engage in the goal pursuits when they have uh, previous failures or mistakes. So I have faith in you in terms of turning around and be qualified for Uh, Boston Marathon. And I definitely will be excited when it's time for you to submit your graduate (laughs) school application.
0: Who knows, we might be working on a paper together sometime in the future.
1: Yes, it seems like maybe we could survey this great audience who seem to already be motivated and we should figure out what creates this motivation for them to become explorer.
0: I I am in, 100%. Okay. Heng Chen Dai is uh, an assistant professor of organizational behavior at Washington University in St. Louis's Olin School of Business. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom.
1: Of course. I'm very glad to be here and it has been a lot of fun.
0: Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. Happy, happy new year to you. Hope 2017 will be the best one yet. Don't forget that for your effective New Year's resolutions, no plan Bs, bundle your temptations with something that you know you should do, and try to have a low cognitive load when it's time to make a difficult decision. You can find all the links and resources from this episode at our website, mtnmeister.com. You can also share your goals on that page in the discussion forum at the bottom. I always love to see what people have planned, so please do share. While you're there, you can purchase information about our gear giveaway episode that's coming soon. Don't forget that the prices will double on the first of the year. As usual, I hope you enjoy doing the rest of whatever you do while you listen to the podcast that explores the minds of those who explore. Maybe this episode was a temptation bundled with something not so pleasurable. Till the next time you hear my voice, I'm your host, Ben Shank. Thanks for listening to Mountain Meister.